This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello Egg Chasers, it's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. And how many days are we from the World Cup beginning now? Can't come soon enough, can it boys? Uh, 11 days. Uh, yes, 11 something days. Like, wow. less than two weeks. 11 days till a lot of people lose a lot of jobs. <laughs> <laughs> Do you reckon there's some P45s being drafted as we uh, speak? I would say so. <laughs> I'd say if I was Bill Sweeney, I would not be very comfortable. I, I would be <laughs> drafting my CV and airing my bona fides about my inclusion and diversity programmes which have been so successful. That's what, that, that's what I'd be doing. That is JB gleefully basking in a, another awful day for England. Well, no, do you know, this might be the best thing for England uh, because it's a step closer to Bill Sweeney leaving. Uh, and Phil is going to try and make some sense of what we've seen over the weekend. Hello, Tim. Hello, JB. Uh, yeah, and I'm Tim. Is it... Uh, a week tomorrow, I'll be flying to France. Ooh. Wow. So you're picking your car up there? Yeah, from Paris. Nice. From Paris. Awesome. Yeah. Um, yes. That is oh, exciting. Have you got some like, herd of elephants in your kitchen <laughs> upstairs? Children and whatnot. Ballet, yeah. ballet practice. Uh, right, we've already touched on England, and we're absolutely... If you've, if you've come in, and we've had so many messages from people going, pod, where's the pod? <laughs> uh, for for uh, Scottish slash Irish slash American slash anywhere else in the world, listeners, we've been had a bank holiday weekend, so... Uh, it's an extended weekend. We're here together on the Monday, which is replacing the usual Sunday. Apologies for that, uh, but it's there for people in England. Well, let's be honest, it wouldn't work, would it? Because we've have done Sundays in before. Um, there's a bank holiday. We do a Sunday and then we go out drinking. So actually, you probably get an hour of content when we kind of cared, and then ten minutes <laughs> where we just want to go. Yeah. So it's probably best just to wait. We're kind of dialing it in normally on a bank holiday on yeah, a Sunday because exactly. we're going. Let's let's get out on the. Pitch. Yeah, England lost. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Okay, South Africa won. Fantastic. See you for the World Cup. Eleven days. Let's <laughs> go. Let's go get hammered. Yeah. So you're getting the full podcast experience right here because we've, exactly. we've hung on 24 hours. Thank you for that. If you want to support us, you can contact us uh, by emailing contactchasers at gmail You can get extra and quite often spicy content at patreon.com slash eggchasers. That helps keep the light, keeps the lights on. We are the only podcast there for you 52 weeks of the year. Not like these Johnny-come-latelys. Some of them just arriving just for the World Cup and then they'll be, they'll be gone again in two months. In- unbelievable. And they'll be pretending they care about rugby all the time. We, we really do, and we bring that to life with a podcast every single week. Uh, yeah, so we will talk about England, but let's just put that on ice in a minute, for a minute, because... 
I think it's important to spread the the love around and actually celebrate some of the great stuff that's been going on and uh, South Africa New Zealand what a spectacle they put on at Twickenham it was nice to see Twickenham with two teams playing rugby (laughs) and what and full Sorry, uh, full. Yeah, actually, two teams playing rugby. Did actually, you watch this game? Good point. Only one, one team, team managed to play some rugby. It was very much like Twickenham them normally, from what I could tell. <laughs> it's true, actually. New Zealand did do an uncanny impression of England, didn't they? Didn't they? New Zealand were, were genuinely dreadful. They were the closest thing I've seen to England, other than England, this year. Well, you know me. I'm not one for confirmation bias, but there'll be a lot of it in this episode. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> It just proves to me, like, empty skills. New Zealand are just empty skills. There was a period of play where they were offloading left, right and centre and they were breaking the South African line and then they just get absolutely smashed. And I think, all things being equal, skills are lovely. You know, uh, you know two similar-sized players, yeah, pick the skills. But when the players are so much more brutal and physical, what are you going to do? You're absolutely screwed. And South Africa, thank God for bringing sanity back to rugby. Rugby is about big, physical men battering other slightly less big physical I, I think that's uh, yes you're right South Africa definitely did do that but I think that the there is a clear evolution in this South Africa team from four years ago They are. I do, think that's a good point they are doing some wild stuff in the backfield well yeah talk about that we just got gas to burn which they always had the, the threat of it but they would they would bully teams and then when teams tired they would expose the gaps they're, they're going earlier more often and from deeper, and it's having a. It's, so, it's, da- it's really dangerous. I would say that they are just a slightly better version of what they did before. I'm not entirely sure I agree that they've reinvented it. Esther Hazen is a more physical version of Dealandi. I mean, yeah. he just runs. I mean, that's the last thing you need, isn't it? When you've got the South Africa pack. And just to give them a rest, you give it to Esther Hazen. That is frightening. For a first ever professional game of rugby at outside centre, Kanan Moody. What a yeah. god of a rugby player. He I was mean, he was also he was so disappointed that disallowed try was a disallowed try. But he looked ace. He is something uh, he's a world superstar in the making. And by the way, he's replacing one of my favourite players on the planet in Lacano Am. Lacano Am is a Rolls Royce of a player. And now they've got Kane, um they've got Moody to replace him. Just the I think they're just a little bit more dangerous man for man. That would be the big difference. Um, Wilhelm, no. Wilhelmsy? Fullback? Wilhelmsy. Wilhelmsy, I always get him. Excuse me. Like, they did have Willie LaRue, and he was great. But this guy, I think, is a cut above again. The way he moves his feet, the all-round game he has, the passing game, the kicking game, the physicality that he can bring. I mean, I, I absolutely love him. I mean, I've liked him for a long time. I've liked him at 10. And then Libok as well. He really came of age. And when he decides to play... They look different because he brings extra th- to what Pollard did. Uh, right, I'll, I'll come to you, Phil, in a sec, but I'm just going to throw a devil's advocate point in here. Uh, we were maybe too quick four years ago to make judgments based on the first game uh, for these teams in the World Cup mm-hmm. when South Africa were handily beaten. And I don't want to jump to conclusions here as well because we must remember, and this has got to have an impact, New Zealand had been in England for five days. Yep. See... Uh, Five so and they hadn't played for I, a I, good full two weeks before. Yeah, that. I think so. I think people are making more of that than it should be. Certainly from the New Zealand press that I've read, they're blaming the travel schedule, and the travel schedule will have an impact. It shouldn't have a twenty-eight point impact. No, um, fair. And the physical, but I would compare New Zealand, who comfortably beat South Africa five weeks ago in the rugby championship 
comfortably beat Australia and Argentina, Australia twice, and have, have won all their man- matches this year at a canter, basically, including handily beating South Africa in the mm. Championship. So I don't th- necessarily think that we should, th- like, as a new, if you were a New Zealand fan, you should throw the baby out with the bathwater and say, this proves that New Zealand aren't up for it. This proves that South Africa are too physical. I, on the New Zealand point, I think what we're seeing with New Zealand is a team with more variants of performance. So under Fozzie, they can win games and they can win well, like they did with South Africa. But I think the big difference is they lack the consistency of past All Blacks teams. So we see, we've seen this multiple times, seen it against uh, Argentina. We've seen it against Ireland. We've seen it against South Africa. It's not to say that they can't beat those teams on a different day, but they're just not as consistent as previous All Blacks. And I think that is the big difference between the two regimes which they had and have. Yeah, I'd I'd probably agree with that. Consistency is... It's not then. And certainly, the four games prior to this one that we'd seen this year, they were very, very good. For much of last year, they were not very, very good. And it's it's effectively the same team with 95% the same mm-hmm. personnel, the same coaching setup. So probably consistency is right. But that does mean that they can beat anyone on their day. Mm, and if I, were, if, if I were France, I would be concerned. Like France are going into this. Um, going into the tournament favourites, going into that game favourites. And well, New Zealand were favourites before. Were they on Friday before Friday? New Zealand were were they bookies favourites for the tournament? So, were they? Yeah. Really? So I, yeah, I imagine that's changed. But I think I would put France at kind of fifty-five, forty-five going into that game, even having seen New Zealand being taken apart and France playing the way that they did against Australia. I still think that the, the tournament could well be bookended. New Zealand, France, New Zealand, France. First, yeah. first game, last game. I think oh, you, quite possible. I, I think you could be right. Possible. Yeah. 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 Um, so. <laughs> New Zealand have a problem, in my opinion. I imagine that it's a similar problem to England have. And uh, there'll be somebody listening in New Zealand, or is a New Zealander in the UK, who'll be ripping out their hair as I, when I say this. As Tim will also be ripping out his hair as I say this. But their problem is a captain that might ne- might not necessarily be a captain. Well, OK, so well, as, a, as a rugby player, I think... Sam Cain has been good this year. He got the yellow card, then he got taken off after 55 minutes. Mm. So not not a great night for him on Friday. But then a lot of New Zealand players, you can say the Did same. Did Sam Cain get a yellow card on Friday? Uh, yeah, Friday. he got the yellow card early in the game. Didn't he? he got the first. He might. Or I just can't remember. I there was so. the team one for obviously was, the Scotty Barrett, and who got the other one? There was because okay. there was two in the. There was first definitely half. two. I can't remember. It was, it was, it was Sam Cain. Yeah, yeah, it was Sam Cain on 50 minutes. Anyway, so it wasn't a great night for him. But a lot of New Zealanders, you can say that about. So I'm not going to jump to any huge conclusions there. I will say, as a rugby player, he surprised me how good he was. Was in the rugby championship, he had he was he was he good. was good in the rugby championship. He's definitely yeah. okay, but his his captaincy, I think, is only when you see the impact of Sia Khaleesi, who is not yet fully fit, and he's a great rugby player, but uh, he's not the best open side in the world. Sia Khaleesi is the best leader. The way I, he dealt the, the way he dealt last week with. Uh, who was it? Vili Larue mouthing off at the ref, and the way he just diffused that situation in Cardiff, and the. I, don't, I think it's an intangible. I think it is his effect on the team, the kind of calmness, the control, the... Well, he's also the, the, iconic. The focus. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 maybe I'm jumping to conclusions, but th- there seems to be a marked difference in the way South Africa go about their business when he is in the team. Uh, yeah, so Sam Kane has got some problems. One, I don't think he's world-class. 
I mean, he's very, very good because he wears an All Black jersey. Oh, yeah, so he has yeah. to be very good. Well, yeah, and who, yeah. But, and but, who, who yeah. would you who would you pick instead? I don't know. Papali. Papali is the only the, shout, but he's kind yeah. of hot and cold as well. Yeah, I, I just I just don't think he's. I like, probably would have Papali over Sam Kane, and partly because. Sam Kane is an injury risk. Like in one of the games, I can't remember which one, might have been the, the South Africa game in the rugby championship, he went off with a neck complaint. Yeah. And for a man with a history of neck complaints, Not great. that is concerning going into seven games well, in also, six yep. weeks. Consider the situation that the man's been put in. He's a seven. And the last All Black captain, well, actually, it was Kieran Reid, the, 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 the last one. It the was. one before that, the iconic seven is, of course, Richie McCaw. And I don't think he can ever really li- like live up to that. I think it's very, very difficult. He'll never be that good. Well, you've just named, along with Wayne Shelford, there's the th- another back row player, the three greatest uh, in the in the sort of semi-modern era, the greatest New Zealand captains yeah. ever. I mean, so that's kind of the standard yeah. he needs to be to inspire New Zealand. It's not an easy job. I think Jack Morgan will find this out the hard way too. Anyway, um, I, I just feel that because he's captain, he has to be picked. I just, it just doesn't inspire confidence in me. But there again, this is what I'd say about Owen Farrell. And there are legions of loyal England fans and Farrellists, as I call them. <laughs> Farrellites. Uh, Farrellites, yeah, Farrellites. Who will say, no, he's a great leader. He's, he's the world's greatest leader and he should always be in the team. And I'm not entirely sure either well, of them uh, the, should The other question is, I'm just thinking across that team and going, who would I like to be New Zealand captain? Uh, Retallick or Whitelock? Yeah. Obviously, Retallick didn't play at the weekend, but Retallick or Whitelock? Mm. Other than that... Aaron Smith? Mm. Aaron Smith is a, just such a fantastic player for them. Yeah, he is a great player. Can he I man- don't, would, he, would he manage a referee? Don't, don't, know, don't know. Yeah, never, no. just never seen it. Just on no. Sia Khaleesi, I do agree, he is not the best seven in South Africa. Or six, or which, whatever he's supposed so to be. It's open side. Yeah, yeah open he's side. He's not the best, but... He does have an aura about him. You know, he does some lovely things as well. I mean, he's, he's okay. He's, he's a good player. <laughs> he is a good player. Like do the, the guy I loved watching this weekend, who probably will not start, but they find a place for him, is Quagga Smith. Yeah. His work on the, on the outside channels, it was frightening. The way he manhandles people I, out of the way. I, I and the breakdown. It. His yeah. work at the breakdown is awesome. I did love the fact that both teams named a six-two split on the bench, and then oh, right, <laughs> yeah. Who who was it that dropped out the re-raise, the uh, reserve uh, utility back? Was it Jesse Creel? No. Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, yeah, it was, Jesse, was it Jesse? Was it Jesse Creel? Creel yeah. Jesse Creel dropped out to re- be replaced by Quagga Smith. So <laughs> the six-two got re-raised to a seven-one. I think it works. Well, I'm a huge fan of it. Not, I guess, with Quagga Smith and Cobus Ryan because Ryanak came onto the wing. He is fast enough to play in the, in the wing, yep. and Quagga is kind of de- deadly enough to play almost anywhere I mean, across that back I line. Faf has played ten for Sale before. He, yeah, he definitely. Yeah, has yeah. Um, Libbuk can move around. You got I mean, Delemsa can move around. Yeah, Moody can move around. Aransi can move around. Like, they, they can all move around. They've got they've got a lot of utility players, even though those utilities are kind of specialist in one position. I love the violence that Quagga Smith brings, because he's not that big compared to, well, I mean, I bet if he's here he'd be massive. But, he's, he's, I don't he's think not he big. is that big. I don't think he is that big as, let me just look him up for you. scaffolder. He'd be similar size to Ben Earl, I reckon. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd say maybe 6'1 and 103 kg or something like that. If you're going to hang with the Springboks pack and you're 6'2", you better be a special type of psychopath. So and that's exactly so, what he brings. <laughs> His, the first two things um, 
That cannot be right. Well, look, at, think, look at the guy's nose. If you want to get six foot, I think he's not even six two. You know, look, he's, look he's, at the man's nose. He's listed as uh, one hundred eighty centimeters, which is five eleven. Wow! No, and he's listed now. This is his Wikipedia page, which I would take with a pinch of salt. I'll I'll find his South Africa form one. He's listed as ninety eight kg. It's like fifteen no. stone. No. Uh, so I don't stone. I don't quite believe. I mean the the height thing. I'll believe it. It's kind of like Hooper or Pocock, but I think I think even they are heavier than that. Yeah, they must be. He can't be over one. He can't be under one hundred and five. Right? Can I? Uh, while, while while Phil's doing that, can we just talk about Scott Barrett for a second? Because he has he was cited, and I, I'm, I'm assuming I haven't checked Twitter or anything, but I'm assuming there's a massive meltdown happening right now, and World Rugby are about to intervene with an appeal to for overturn the, the decision not to give uh, upgrade Scott Barrett's second yellow card to a straight red card. Can I just card? say about the Scott Barrett thing? Not without rehashing, because I know you have deep and lasting feelings about the Owen Farrell situation. But I feel Scott Barrett's intervention in that game, and what he did, is infinitely worse than Owen Farrell. Well, uh, well infinitely okay, worse. so that goes to my point. So, yeah. uh, again, I'm, uh, let me check Twitter. Let's let's see. Oh, no, there's absolutely no reaction whatsoever to an incident which only got a yellow card and was, as you say, JB, I completely agree, m- magnitudes worse yeah. than what Owen Farrell and many other high-tackle decisions Be- do. Because a high-tackle is, is a split-second decision. Very yeah. seldom are they malicious. I think what Scott Barrett did was probably a bit malicious, sir. And that I, deserves I, a different sort, well, sort of Well, malicious or stupid, reckless well, to a stupid degree. Uh, yeah, but uh, Scott Barrett also does have history with that. He does. As well, with Michael Hooper. He got a red card about three or four years ago. And, and, and a lot of people's justification, um, in fact, just in comments on when I said this was a cheap shot, Definition cheap shot is the way I described it on a YouTube video, and loads of the comments were there was not head contact though. There was who not. gives a shit? But it's who, like it's yeah. like it's like yeah okay. What? The, the head contact framework is there for tackles. This was not a tackle. This was yeah, a yeah, man yeah. dropping all hundred and fifteen kgs of his body. It's just worse onto a player lying on the floor, completely yeah. out of it the game. It doesn't much of his ninety kgs. Like it, this is not like I'm not a big one for this. Mustn't happen in our game. And I kind of think, if you can get away with it, by all means do so. But if you get caught, it is wrong, and you should be punished. You should be punished in accordance to to the law. So maybe the judiciary and maybe the TMO bunker have applied the laws correctly, and if that is the case, the laws are completely wrong, and we've got this weird, skewed relationship with the laws based on head contact alone, which is... Yes, right. Finally coming around to my way of thinking now. Did you read Michael Alwyn today in The Guardian? No. So Michael Alwyn is a sort of journalist who, he writes frequently, but once every now and again, he gets angry or really invested and writes an absolute stonker of a piece, and it'll stand out. So the last one he did prior to this was Worcester Warriors, where he did all of the diagrams of all the different companies. And oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So when he, when he, when he turns it on, he, he really turns it on. Um, in wrestling parlance, it's a thing like Bret Hart, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he wrote a article today about the red cards and how rugby is ruining itself because all we're looking at is, and this is this is my argument from months ago, which is they are targeting head contacts and, and concussions, like knockouts, 
without actually looking at the bigger problem, which is, of course, what is it, everyone? Subconcussive hits. And he's absolutely right. So they're trying to make rugby palatable to the masses by getting rid of the overt stuff. It's it's optics, not science and data. 100%. 100%. So we end up punishing players... Like Owen Farrell, who deserves to be punished, just anyway, right? Um, but <laughs> just for who he is. Just for who he is, right? Just from Wigan. But, like, we are punishing players for making split-second decisions in a game which involves a lot of contact, a lot of moving pieces. It's more explosive, faster than it's ever been before. Mm-hmm. And we're saying, you are bad, you change your behaviour, here's a red card. Now, I, I don't agree with that approach. I think the red cards... I just don't like the amount of red cards. But we're not solving the problem. The problem is long-term health consequences. Only one thing will solve that, less subconcussive hits. What's going to solve that? Less rugby. It's not, but it's not about solving the problem, JB. It's uh, not about solving the problem. It's not about solving the problem. Yeah, so when you listen to... So there are some other podcasters out there who are in, who's outraged by... Uh, by sort of thing. Because they simply don't understand the science. They, they simply haven't... and Because ne- they've never played. They can't sit back and think, what is the problem here? The problem is subconcussive hits and professionals having major, major brain damage from their brains rattling around. Uh, there was one game, Alwyn pointed out, which had 500 tackles in it. That is mental. 500? 500 tackles. That is insane. And the people paying the price for the pro game going absolutely wild, which is what it is doing, and is unrestrained in the amount of, no- in amount of games that you play and the you know, hours that you play. and Well, actually... I think there is a, a constraint on games, but it's not yeah. nearly enough. Is the is the grassroots game, and you've got absolute clowns, chimpanzees like Bill Sweeney, who are backing, uh, and all the guys in World Rugby who are backing changes in the grassroots game to affect us for things we've never done. So to make to pay for their incompetence at managing the pro game, it drives me absolutely wild. Anyway, Alwyn's um, article was spot on. Mm. Uh, I, I, I will I will look that up. I'll read that. Yeah, I will. I will read that. I, I, I share the frustration that the we're. Uh, I think we're just fed platitudes that it's about making yeah. the game safer and solving They're problems. Idiots. It's not. It's actually. If if they were honest, they would say we want to appear to be doing something and we want to try and uh, placate people that well, have an issue. We'll talk not, about yeah. not actually make the lives of people any better. Well, we'll talk about honesty in detail later when we come to England yeah. but yeah I've got a lot to say about the um, hier- the hierarchy of Phil you look like you were about to say something yeah just just back to the Scott Barrett point and I've, yeah. I've briefly read the World Rugby announcement I've not read the full report although they did publish it instantly refreshingly um, unlike the Farrell one which mm. took a full week or so for it to come out um, and the snapshot I, fe- I think is interesting and it might if they were being consistent with how world rugby dealt with farrell this could lead to a an appeal i think i'll just read this one uh, sentence it's not going to it could it's not it's, it's not going it's, to they're not going to do it because no, no. it's not owen farrell and there I mean, isn't a big well, there's, there no is, mel- there's no mel- there's another but, angle to this so you but, can finish that yeah if if they were being consistent i think there is grounds to it let, let me explain my point um, once i've read this sentence the Independent Judicial Committee found that the sending off was a sufficient sanction in this case because the player was sent off for two yellow cards, referred to as temporary suspensions in the appendix, and the first of those yellow cards was for a technical offence following a team warning. So they've adjudicated it as two yellow cards, and because one of those yellow cards was only a technical offence, they've deemed that it was that is sufficient, so he is free to play as of now. Um, 
if there was a game tomorrow. So he's definitely free for the France game. Now, there was a point that was made on WhatsApp groups that we were in during the game, which was, why haven't the bunker upgraded that second yellow card to a red card? Now, they didn't need to because it was a red card in the game, but they should have done yeah. for consistency because that was a red card offence. That was a, we've, we've all put out. It's, yeah, it's bizarre. It, how it, it, it just so had that, and in the laws of the game, it's a red card offence. Oh yeah, because it, it does, head contact's immaterial next to reckless, dangerous players, isn't it? It's well, it it comes into the process, yeah. but yeah, it was with force. It was a prone player. It was shoulder to the head. Neck no, because we've had the, the we, we've, we've had JP Doyle. Um, on the podcast, and he taught there is a catch-all. Yeah, you've got the the catch-all clause the catch-all of just yeah. dangerous or. Reckless but I would play. I would consider that yeah. in isolation as a red card offence. But there's a technicality here that because it wasn't upgraded to a red card in the game, and he only got therefore he only got two yeah. yellow cards, and one of those yellow cards was a technical offence. That that's where this stops. So had the bunker have upgraded the second offence to a red card, which they should have done, even though it was immaterial for the game, this should and would have been looked at very differently. So in my view, were World Rugby to be consistent, they should go back to this, appeal the decision, and say that, that that's appeal the merits of the second yellow card getting upgraded to a red card, upgrade it to a red card, and then ban appropriately for that red card. Wow. But they won't do. Well, they won't do because, uh, as with what you were talking about, that uh, the attempt isn't to solve the issue; it's to have the optics. World Rugby are not going to do this because it's not about applying consistency. Um, well, what, it's, it's about reacting to people that tweet. And what's the other thing which is going on here? So uh, go, go on. <laughs> so I'll tell you. Owen Farrell was red carded and let off by a panel which was organised by the Summer Nation Series. The Summer Nation Series... Six Nations. Six Nations. Nations. This is not a Summer Nation Series event. Correct. So what you have is this clandestine warfare between the unions and World Rugby as to who owns international games. World Rugby would have loved to have organised the Summer Nation Series, but they didn't. So therefore, if they can create a little bit of pro- a little bit of trouble for the Six Nations, and the Six Nations is actually a very well-run organisation, it's, you know, it's as things go. In yeah, rugby, yeah, yeah. This is probably as good as it gets. Yeah, agreed. So as soon as they have the op- the opportunity to say, right, we'll stick it to Six Nations, they'll stick it to Six Nations. There's very little chance of World Rugby sticking it to themselves. I mean, they might do, but I don't think they will. Oh, interesting. Mm. Sub-box. Yeah, because this yeah. this is. It was outside the Summer Nation series, therefore it will most likely have been a World Rugby convened panel. So you're right, for that reason as well, so there's two good reasons why they are not going to appeal this, but if I believe if they were being consistent, they should do. Mm. And I, I would love nothing more than well, to well, see Scott Barrett play... consistent in wanting to stick it to Six Nations. Six Nations. No, I, mean, I, I, don't want, I, I don't want players to miss... Uh, the games, I, but the, the consistency and 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 the the reaction to the reaction regarding <laughs> Owen Farrell is what annoyed me. I, you know, yeah. people can vent and say what they want online, but it's it's the for the administrators of the game to hold true and be consistent, whichever direction that goes in. And, yes. Um, anyway. Yeah. Uh, but New so, Zealand can count themselves lucky because they've got no Brody Retallick, and they they would have been a bit threadbare. Yeah. Ag- agreed. Um, so that. That'll help them, whether it's enough t- for France. But we, sh- we should talk a little bit more about South yes, Africa. Yes, because we should. We, You're right. 
they were just the, so good. The power game. Franz Malerba, oh my God, he just destroyed Ethan de Groot. I've been talking up that New Zealand yeah, front row, yeah, yeah. and they just ate them. Yeah. They did, didn't it, they? It uh, was I, a tough night. Like, when de Groot walked off the pitch... <laughs> oh, he, yeah. oh, crikey, uh, what happened to Lermax's leg? I know. Oh. I, I still I've watched that a few times. I just can't understand how it happened. Didn't uh, see a stud go into him, did you? Uh, no, but and, but you look at the the gash that he had, and you sort of at first think, oh, it's just a gash. But actually, when you've had those Ooh, things, they're yeah, like, yeah, yeah, they can be limiting. Mm. So thank, I mean, thank God it's that because I thought it's like a knee or something, and I I assume you can fix a gash much it, it, much easier than a PCL. You'd, you'd think so, yeah. yeah so so hopefully it'll, it'll glue staples or glue and staples. Yeah, you can like, butterfly stitch. You can. It's, it's literally a flesh wound. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> literally is. So I hope he gets well soon. Yeah, that, but I yeah, thought that. they really struggled. I mean, if you like, uh, Malherb and Co. loosened the jaw, but the lid truly came off when the bomb squad. I hate that term. When the other lads ca- ca- came <laughs> off, not as catchy though, is it? The other, I quite like the other lads. The other but lads. The, they did a number in the, in the scrums, the line out, yeah, with Peter Stefter Toy and Moster um, picking them off just for fun, and the general all-round physicality and yeah. and the, the line speed of South Africa, which put so much pressure on them, to the point where New Zealand at times just they're just dropping balls from a simple one out mm. because yeah. they, were under, they were under so much pressure. Well, empty skills. Like everyone talks about skills, 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 skills. It doesn't matter when you're getting beaten up. You're getting punched it in the face. It simply doesn't matter. It's nice to talk about. This is another thing about, you know, you go to an RFU coaching seminar. It's not a contact sport. It's a game of evasion with contact. It's like, well, you've obviously not played because <laughs> this is not how it works. Very rarely do skillful teams beat absolutely enormous teams. Right, we're we're, we're coming on half an hour now, so like, like, we can always come back to it. But, um, yeah, fair uh, so, play, South so, Africa. Yeah, fair play. We can rattle through some other games. Scotland, if... <laughs> When, when they watch South Scotland. Africa, would, would would sort of think right? We have to put a good performance in against Georgia with a pretty much full strength Scottish team, and they did. They uh, did. Well, uh, so I only watched the first half. Georgia were bloody good. Georgia, are, Georgia, good. and Georgia's scrum was actually not their best. That Scotland scrum got on top for the first half, but Georgia's defence was heroic, and Georgia went in six 0 up at half time. Georgia shut them down and. There was a number of t- times where Scotland kind of get the outside with Hugh Jones and Duan and Calstein and Smith at fullback. And Georgia shut them down time after time after time. It was a really, really good performance in that first half. Now, I've, I've seen the highlights of the second half and the Scotland tries, which they took very, very well. But I've not seen the game. And I assume Georgia ran out of steam and Scotland did when they were finding those edges around the outside. They were making it pay. And also, I think the story this weekend, aside from that game on Friday night, was Tier 2 Nations. And because Samoa very nearly gave Ireland a bloody nose. Yeah, they were good. They were really good. It kind of comes back to something I said a few weeks ago, that these returning players that they're going to get, they're going to make a huge impact to what these teams do. Having Sopoanga... Sopoanga made a big difference first game back... uh, He's going to, though. Yeah. Isn't it? I mean, even though he's rubbish at Wasps... He is going to make a big difference because he's next All Black. He's playing in top fourteen. He's just a good option to have, and they've got they have options as well because they've got Christian Leofano. Yep. So they've got two Crikey. two very capable, very experienced international cal- like tier one international caliber fly halves, which is often an, an area of weakness for 
um, tier two nations, and not then, just, just uh, Pacific Island, all tier two yeah, nations. And then in that pack, Theo McFarland, I know he, he's just been out injured all season, but what a player. And Stephen Lutua. Yeah, yeah, Fritz Lee, Fritz Chris Lee. Vui. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really good. Jordan Taufua coming off the bench. And now, of course, awesome now of course, you're going, uh, as an Englishman, I'm thinking, God. Defend if, them. If, if Defend we, them again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can we just scratch Who that came rule? up with this rule? Who this came rule up with this is stupid rule. Outrageous. Uh, if, if, and maybe when, if, if England lose to Argentina, then that last game of the pool <laughs> against Samoa on the 7th of October. I haven't even organised to go to go to that game because I was just thinking oh, that's fine. I'll go. Yeah, it'll just tick over. And to be fair, um, Ireland v Scotland is on the same day. So oh, okay. So that, that, that will be that is the focus. That's that's the big one. But England Samoa could be a dynamite last day in that pool. I think because I think England will lose to Argentina. I I, I really do. My my only so Argentina had a warm up game against Spain in Madrid, which we briefly mentioned last week. Um, which would have been fantastic to go to but it was a 62-3 hammering it was a team two weeks out from a World Cup and a team who sadly for the second time in four years did not make the World Cup Tra- like in a travesty so, justice um, Argentina had an easy run out my only concern for Argentina is they've not really played since the rugby cha- they had the rugby championship and then one more game which admittedly is two games against South Africa Australia New Zealand so it's yeah, it's a tough fair. schedule then they've had a few week break and then they've just played Spain. If there was one international team though that don't need warm up, they, well, they, they were in a hotel for about three months, then went to New Zealand and won for the first time ever. It's a great point actually. They they did it training, you know, it's like doing five Ks in their hotel rooms in total isolation. So you are right, but I, I think Argentina will win regardless of whether they've had a, um, imperfect preparation. But other tier two nations. Did you see any of Italy, Japan? No. Yes, I did. And I enjoyed it. But, but if you're a Japanese fan, you probably didn't enjoy it. Yeah. Now, I'm glad that Japan are in our group this time around. Were Japan in our group, in England's group, four years ago or eight years ago? I would have been pretty concerned. This time around, I think we. Should, I think even England should have enough to beat <laughs> Japan because they are not the team they were four well, years I ago. I, I'm not sure about that. I won't go that far. <laughs> Maybe not even England in the the doom spiral of decline that we are currently in. But this, the the story is actually Italy. Italy are a bloody good team. They are yes. a really really good team. They, they beat just think- Australia last year. They pushed France close in the Six Nations this year. The problem Italy have is their grouping. Who are they in the group with? Uh, New Zealand and France. Yeah, that's good. That's a problem. Yeah. And I think were Italy in perhaps not the South Africa, Scotland, Ireland group, but were they on the other side of the pool, Italy would be making this seriously difficult for Australia, Wales, yeah. England, even Argentina, who are the best of the rest, in my opinion. They, Italy could beat any of those teams. So I, it's, it's it's a story of re, a really good Italian side and your boy JB, your beloved Benetton winger Monte Ioane. Well, he's not a Benetton winger, is he? Is he not? No, I think he went to the Reds or something. But he, Did is, he? But he is back. He's where's he? Go? Oh, he's gone to. So is he Japan? Maybe. No, he went to. He's Benetton until last year. He went to the Rebels. Ah, that's the one. But then he's come back, but to Lyon. What? Oh, really? Mm, Big wow. money move to Lyon. Yeah, well, and he's be getting well compensated. He he will be if he moves to. Well, Lyon have got some random players there, and he scored he scored three tries, and he looked 
fantastic. So, I, Leon Reed, their team sheet reads just like a collection of all sorts. They've got the young lock from Saracens. Yeah, uh, Kapoku. Yeah, they've got this guy. One of the Kapokus. John, um, uh, the guy you mentioned before for Samoa, Tola. Tolafua. Tolafua. They've, they've, they've got all sorts of bits and pieces. Yeah, so who else did I read? Oh, um, your favourite player? I've got many favourite players. Semi Randrondra. Oh, yeah. He's off, yeah, a phenomenal talent. <laughs> uh, yeah, they've got all sorts of bits. Dumortier, Tim's favourite player. Love him. He missed. Yeah, Bier Barry pinched his spot in the French squad. That's how good their young players are. Paddy Jackson. Nine he's, gone, Leon. he's gone to Leon. Yeah. Nineash Vili, who's a quality player. He's a class player. Yeah. They've got uh Kuyu. 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 Every time I see him I just love. Yeah. Uh, that was a replacement scrum off this weekend. Yeah. yeah. He was yeah. very good. He was ace. They've got, France have got uh, probably at least three scrum half. So God, England would kill for someone like Kuyu or Baptiste. Give, give me Saran any day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You would, wouldn't you? You'd absolutely kill for one of those guys. Sadly, we're going to just churn out Karen Youngs again. Classic. Uh, who, it, else, it, who else have they got? They've got Cretin, they've got Goujon, they've got Felix Lombie, who you love. Yeah, I've not heard anything from him recently. He was right on the cusp of being the French regular. And yeah, yeah, yeah. He looked great. They've got Demba Bamba. He's off to Racing. Is like, he? Yeah. Cool. Anyway, so, let's, let's talk about Leon and, and uh, like Ireland Samoa. Any, any any more to, to add from that one? Because that was a banana skin. Ireland's squad uh, was announced the day afterwards, and um, I was pleased to see your boy Big Stew made the cut. I didn't think he would. Yeah. Keen um, Prendergast, the one that missed out. Yeah. I will say something only about the Ireland game. So I had to turn the commentary off. Uh, I'm going to have to say this. I turned the commentary off. I am str- really starting to struggle with... You've got the person who does the commentary... Which is great. Like the Nick Mullins role. The Nick Mullins role, if you like. Then you'll have the David Flatman role. Okay. Yeah, okay. Now, the, what do the, they call the, it in the America? Co- the colour the colour commentator. Yeah, the play-by-play in the colour, right? Yeah. To put it in American parlances. Now, I don't know who was doing... If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. The analysis on this game, 
It was, I assume, one of the England ladies from back in the day. But at this point, I'm just thinking, like, I understand that certain people higher up think that by having a female voice on on the television that we're going to expand the game exponentially and everything will be solved. And it won't be. Because I cannot understand for the life of me how a female commentator, uh, analyst, not commentator, analyst, who's meant to be able to empathise what the players are going through, can possibly do that. Because from what I can tell, she's never spent a single second in the, in the men's change rooms or indeed playing men's rugby. Like, it is almost impossible. You do not know what it feels like to be ran over by a, a Samoan man until he'd been run over by a Samoan man. Now, maybe she has, you know, in her personal life or, or whatnot. But it just... How do you do this? So if the argument is, OK, well, she knows her stuff and therefore she should be on the TV to, you know, give her opinion on stuff. Well, OK, well, if that is your criteria, why don't we just get any old analyst who just knows lots about rugby or a journalist or anybody? Well, I, I would say that uh, that the... Female male is immaterial. Are they good? There's been I, I, I completely agree with that because well because, no, I, because I would say what one person that got a lot of commentary time and doesn't get as much anymore not because they're not a lovely man and actually have some good articles in the paper but Shane Williams for example I didn't I, I think there are others that were better not, yeah completely agree and you don't hear him so much and I think that's all I really want is just give me the best people whoever they are I agree with that except for this one thing with the analyst wrong which is the whole point of them being there is the idea that they've done it before. And that's a big difference. So the commentator, I can definitely see a female commentator or a female reporter or somebody like that rising all the way to the top based on the merits of what they do for their profession. And, the, and there are several who are at the top. Yeah, like exactly. Sarah Elgin is and, and I guess it's superb. Do, it's superb, yeah. It, it does depend what you're talking about as well, I guess, because uh, Emily Scarrett, for example, uh, international outside centre, she can talk about running lines, but outside she'll never arcs, know what it is. goal kicking... But you'll never know what it is to be with a group of men prior to playing. Well, men no, but, women that, that, feel but that's not the stuff. But the point is, if if you're listening to an analyst talking about stuff where you're thinking you can only have a perspective on this, then they're not doing the analysis right. I mean, because you can talk about what you can talk about, and I think Emily Scarrett is an example of someone who does it really well. She'll, well, she'll talk about the pressure of goal kicking, or but um, it's never going to be the same. Like it's never going to be the same as like, but that's like the prance. Uh, sorry, but then David, the but then David, Pla- David Flatman shouldn't be on, uh, shouldn't be an analyst because uh, I kind of agree because he's only played a couple of caps. So how can he possibly know what it's like but to play international rugby? I kind of agree. I kind of agree. What does David? I mean, yeah. You know, when it comes to the the World Cup, I mean, David Flatman's a great. I mean, so is it just about getting CVs out and whacking wh- wh- well, Willie on the table and going? I, I guess. To a no, I don't, that's nothing to do with the male yeah. female thing. That's yeah. a, that's yeah. a yeah. How many World Cups have you won? How many World Cups? I mean, have you won? Be, yeah. exactly. Um, it would be. David Flatman is a really, really good analyst, and he's probably the best for the Premiership right. because and he, that's, and he, and he, that's where he's played. And, and he straight. makes a joke of how he was not an international prop. Well, I mean, who's the joke on him or us? But um, I would just say that for the World Cup, and also to, to be fair to Flats as well, he can do the commentary role and also the analyst role. So it, it isn't um, apples and apples there. I think when you when you are in a job and your job is to relay to the viewer what it is like to be on that field, you need to be able to relate right. it completely. Now, there are other roles. Like, like, I, I'm, I'm, I feel we're going down a bit of a rabbit hole here when we haven't even touched on England yet. Oh, there will be time for that. There, <laughs> there I just time. think like, the, the best people for the job get the job. Yeah. Yeah, but then 
if that's the case, I mean, what are the parameters? Because if it is literally, who just knows the most about rugby? Who is the best analyst? Well, there are armies of analysts in clubs, and we just get them. Yeah, but then it's not well, just so why about don't we knowing. Do that? It's not about knowing stuff, is it? It's about David Flatman's a perfect example. It's about how you convey. No, that. no David Flatman's a perfect example because he knows everything about the Premiership. That's where he's made. No, his, no, he, the, he can, he other can people know more, but he expresses himself yeah. in in a way that is like either. Um, succinct, entertaining, or however you want to, have, whatever you want out of that, the, the, he can do that in a way other people can't. And just Austin Healy is yeah. an amazing analyst because he not only he is yes, an amazing fine, analyst, he, not because he played for the British and Irish Lions, although his rugby, yes, he did. Yeah, no, yeah, not no, because not he did. Sorry, sorry. But, but his rugby intellect will be part of the reason he was able to achieve the play at his level. But the fact is, there are a lot of people that play at that level that cannot. See and explain rugby yeah. in the in the well, way you know. That he look, does. if you wanted just the best person, and you'll hate me saying this, right? But I actually think one of the best people at looking at a game and bringing it, this hurts my heart to say it, and it'll hurt your heart too. Um, is someone like someone like Squidge, some some guy in his in his basement who watch, who watches rugby? Well, he, but the reason we don't have him is because we want someone who has actually been out there and understands what it is like, you know, to you know bind yeah, up with your mates mm, to be in to be in the changing room. Like you, you saying that. Flats is great for the Premiership, but not international. Yeah, I, I, I just don't. He is. He is. Good. And, yeah, he is great. Just that. He is great for the Premiership, but him, he's one of the few people who explains a scrum. And I'm, I've been in almost no scrums in my entire life. <laughs> almost not. Almost none. Almost none. Um, so I, I know so little about scrums. But someone like Flatman, for example, explaining a scrummage just because he's not done it, or he's, he's only done it. On a handful of occasions at international level, he can explain that brilliantly that is true. to and me. And also, he can also tell you what it is like to scrimmage against another male international prop, but which I, is a very unique experience. I, I would, I would mm. go with your point, Tim. That, um, like, I, I when I've listened to Emily Scarrett, if listening to her analyze running lines, outside back moves. Um, kicking but, sticks. But you're just making my point again, which is if it's just about the analyst part, go get an analyst. No, no, because she's not going to be the more, best analyst. But it's it's more than that, and it's exactly to Tim's point. It's understanding it, but also putting it across in a way that's easy to understand. Like yes, fra- is, yeah, but putting it across in a way that's easy to understand. Get an analyst. But <laughs> they can't put it. So, you know, there will be an army of people out there okay. who can do this better. Yeah, I, right, okay. But, I, so if, if the international experience doesn't matter. If playing the game doesn't matter, just go and get literally the best person at that one specific role who's not a name, who who can explain things and do. But we're not that. saying that playing the game doesn't matter. We're saying that having the experience. Well, she hasn't played the game, but having the experience doesn't matter. But she's she understands back moves. She understands what it's like to kick okay, sticks. Well, then back to my other thing. Go get an analyst. But she's understand them because she's run them. She has never played a second of men's rugby. But I've never said she has. Right. So why are you why are you saying that she hasn't? Because. Because uh, okay. like, if you need what? that, if you need someone who has played men's rugby, that is fine. But I think no, 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 not just men's rugby. Men's rugby at the highest level. Okay, well that that's fine. Like, I just don't, I just don't need that. Hmm. Okay. Well, if that if that is your parameters, no, then that's no, 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 that's no. fine. Sorry, I don't need it per se. But if I was to produce the best product, it would stand to reason that I would have that person, that type of person. Okay, if, no. for, for you? No, 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 not for me. If I was to make the best product for the entire viewing, pro- the entire viewing public, not just for me, I'm not saying I could tolerate this or it's okay for me. If I'm out there to make the best possible product, you want somebody who can actually relay what it was like to be in that situation, not just analyse things. If that is the case, you just go and get an analyst. 
So by saying, yeah, well, she can analyse this, that and the other, that's fine. But I'm saying we need some, some someone who's actually played the game at that standard. Which is why I said about Flats, like, yeah, okay, he's missing some parts because he has not, 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 not experienced that. I think that's a perfectly reasonable Top, thing to Topsy say. Ojo was on comms over the weekend. He's mm. not played international rugby. Yeah, he has. He has, but a handful of games, oh, okay. similar numbers similar to, flats. to Flats. Although I did, I have to say... No, that's not, that's not knocking it, I'm just... He uh, yeah. commentated, uh, he mentioned a couple of things of technical nature on scrummaging and I did think stop it yeah, yeah stop that you're, you're a little bit out of your depth on that point it is better to have because that was just him and Rupert Cox wasn't it on yeah. the Australia France game Australia game I do like having a forward and a back someone who can see it from both angles yeah a comms team of three works well yes but you know it comes back to what I was saying you know, back to the studio too like, I don't know why they don't have a journalist there, like a really yeah. well-polished, knowledgeable journalist who knows absolutely everything because they're a nerd. I'd, I, I would definitely have that. Uh, they I, used so to So, for example, football, um, yeah. the, the, the One World Cup, I think it was the one in Brazil, and uh, BBC used Tim Vickery, and he was absolutely brilliant. He's, yeah. well, they, he's a journalist. They used to do on Channel... I'm sure it was on Channel 4 where they did uh, Italian football, and they would just get... Like British journalists yeah. who were deep into Italian oh, to football go, to go and join James Richardson sat having that, a, ca- a cafe, uh, sat having well, like Gui, espresso at a cafe. Guillaume Balagate, um, Guillaume Balagate, great yeah. example, awesome. Yeah. But, but I, guess, so I, I would, I, yeah, it would be awful that. This, yeah, I'd get Charlie Morgan in, in yeah, the yeah, yeah. There Brilliant. you go. So I mean, this is the kind of point. If you've got a very defined idea of what you want. You can do these things. Like, so if you want experience, you can do that. If you want an analyst, you can do that. If you want a journalist, you can do that. I just struggle to see where an analyst who's never played the game. And, like, a female journalist would be great. No issues. Female male, I don't care. Yeah. I, I subscribe to the kind of Martin Luther King thing, judge me by the content of my character, not the what, what, any other... But Martin Luther Im- King's not character. played a second of England rugby either. <laughs> and he should no. not be commentating on, on rugby. <laughs> That'd be ludicrous. I'm with you there. So, uh, back to the game. Uh, I've only seen the highlights, but this, this was a very, very close game, wasn't it? Island-Samoa. Yes, as in yeah, yeah, Ireland, other, than a, the other than a fluffed uh, line-out and a, well, a fluffed line-out from Samoa, this could have legitimately been Absolutely. a tier two so team taking down the, down the top team, top ranked team in the world. I actually watched this, but I've watched so much rugby this <laughs> this weekend. It's all merged the, the, into the, one. This would have been. It was in Bayonne, so it wasn't at home like England were. But this would have been a bigger story than England Fiji, uh, because as you say, yes and no. World number world number one team. Yeah, but it wasn't. The starting team per se, quite a few. It, w- yeah, no, it, it wasn't. Huge, it'd be a huge story. It would be a huge, it'd be a huge story. story. It, it would yeah. be a massive story. And it was a. It and was Samoa a are lower team. ranks than Fiji. Yeah. Yes. England have replaced Fiji at number seven in the world. England have replaced Fiji. Uh, sorry, Fiji have Fiji replaced, replaced England. England. Delighted. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but, Fiji are now seven. Argentina are six. But this would be like five, this would have been like twelve beating one. Yeah, this would have been one of the all-time probably biggest ranking upsets with a tier one nation involved yeah. and Ireland yeah you're right they weren't full bore but the well they're, they're such a system team yeah, anyway exactly that and that's one of the features of this Ireland squad when you look at the squad is the confidence they have in the players that come in yes in any position although there's a few except for maybe Hooker there's a big drop drop down Dan Sheehan and he is going to be fit which is good for at least the uh, South Africa and Scotland games yeah which means that my boy who started this game Tom Stewart is out sadly, yeah. 
but he he has got a bright future. He's a he very has. young, very very handy. He oh, and Keen Healy is out. Keen Healy, that is a blow. Right, Ireland released their squad today. Yes, uh, yesterday. Was it yesterday? Was it? Yeah, okay. they, they were going to do it today, but they moved it forward. So, I read the squad, but I'm not interested mm-hmm. in that per se. Who has not made it? Who are the big names that have been excluded? Uh, Jacob Stockdale, Keen Prendergast. Uh, Kieran Keen, Treadwell Keen Healy who Keen you just Healy, mentioned injury, injury yeah. the other three are not selected and that's basically it because it's such a settled squad the, the decisions yeah, there were there was only 37 prior yeah, to this so the, anyway, deci- so. the decision was um, Keith Earls or Jacob Stockdale basically no one's not taking Keith Earls uh, on, on current form definitely 100% yeah. yeah and the only other decision was do they go 19 forwards with Kieran Prendergast in the back row or do you go 18 forwards with oh Prendergast the eights isn't he he had a great game yeah. eight England. second row flanker so do you go for him or do you go for Stuart McCloskey and I was thinking they were going to go for Kean Prendergast because you've got Bundyaki Robbie Henshaw both play 12 Jack Crowley can play 12 Keith Earls uh, can move into 13 Aki, if necessary Aki and Henshaw can go 13 Keith Earls can go 13 you've got uh, Jimmy O'Brien can play 13 yeah. so I yeah. thought Big Stu only being able to play 12 was going to miss out but he's made it well Big Stu is going to have his hands full with uh, Big Andre so I wonder if there's a little bit of a thought of the matchup going going there I am fascinated to see how I'm going because in the back of my mind I am thinking they go out in the group stage now because watching <laughs> South Africa they are they are going to I think they're going to batter Ireland I'm I'm so schizophrenic because I a couple of weeks ago I would have told you that Scotland were going to beat South Africa. Mm. Not, like after after Scotland beat France and South Africa had a lukewarm rugby championship, I was like, yeah, give so, me give me Scotland. Let me just run this past you, okay? I don't know which way the games fall, and I should know, but I don't. But first, first game Scotland South Africa. Okay, so South yeah. Africa win that. Okay. Do South Africa then play Ireland? Uh, third game third game and when do Ireland play Scotland last, last game perfect so this is perfect for me so <laughs> I, I think Ireland are going to beat South Africa and South Africa are going to beat Scotland no I think South Africa absolutely trounce Ireland they really shake them up because they're so physical I'm very confident in South Africa's progression with relatively few hiccups they'll so South Africa are qualified yeah after now uh, Ireland are going to be this, this is like a off. Brian Moore yeah, um, <laughs> run through. Like, they're they're, they're dusting themselves off. They're going to feel that they need to put in a big performance in a World Cup. And in the back of their mind, all those Leinster bottlers, which they have plenty of, <laughs> uh, and all the Ireland World Cup ghosts will be in the back of their mind. But this can't be it, boys, because we're the best Ireland team ever. But who is the team you would least want to get into a gunfight with? Scotland. Correct. <laughs> right. Scotland come out all guns blazing because they need to win too. Finn Russell throwing the ball everywhere. And before you know it, all of Ireland's carefully choreographed, carefully practised um, moves and set piece and everything else, they're like, we've, we've got to score because Finn Russell will not stop scoring. It doesn't matter what we do, we can't stop these boys. So the only way to stop them is to score more points. And then they just fall to pieces bit by bit by bit by bit. I would love some Finn sanity oh, in, in that knockout. That. The knockout uh, group game, pool game. And then you wave all the Irish back over. So oh. Ireland are gonna They're not gonna make they're the qu- gonna break the quarter final curse by Finally. not getting to a yes. quarter final. that last game against Scotland yeah. is gonna be dynamite. It's such a tough group that. Like, it's, Scotland Scotland can score against anyone. From and, from anywhere. From anywhere. From absolutely anywhere. Ima- at any time. Imagine how how unsettled that's gonna be for Who Ireland. do you think though pressure because I'm thinking 
they, Johnny Sexton, Andy, come on, boys, got, let's run this ball. They've got Andy yeah, right. Farrell, Andy Farrell, Mike Cat, <laughs> and uh, they've got their team there well settled. They've got leaders. They've got guys that have been around the block. They've, they listen to the names, you know, Tyg Furlong and Andrew Porter and Dan Sheehan and Tyg Byrne. James, James Ryan, Ryan is who's amazing. Captain the team. Doris and Jack Van der Fleer, Peter Romani. You go through the whole team. I just I see, I see less chance of them psychologically imploding and more chance of Scotland psychologically imploding, or at least holding it together enough that they'll be they'll and just that, do all enough. those demons but, will be running yeah, through every one of those Leinster players. I was going to say you could have said an almost identical statement when Leinster were. What, however many points, seventeen points up yeah. in the in the final. Yeah, they couldn't. They couldn't even win with seventeen what, points. Whatever, up. however far up they they were so far ahead. They couldn't even do that. I'm looking forward to some. And do you think do you think Finn Russell's going to walk into that game overawed? I don't. <laughs> I think he'll be doing kick ups on, on on the way out. <laughs> he'll be having his headphones in, doing a little dance, doing his kicks. That's what I. That's what I love about Finn Russell. And he's going to he's going to be in Paris. He'll he'll feel at home. He will. It's, yeah, it's, it's too perfect, boys. It's too perfect. Hear me now. Believe me later. I, if you want a tasty triple for betting, Ireland not to get through, England not to get through, Wales not to get through. I hundred pound will get you thirty one thousand quid. <laughs> it's it's not impossible. That is that is not impossible. I I think I think Wales are not getting through. I I think they they will struggle against Georgia. They will really struggle against Fiji, and they, Fiji, they will lose. Surely will, to God, they will lose to Australia because Australia Australia did get pumped by France on the Sunday. Uh, Australia, there's some there's some pleasing stuff watching yeah, that. I, I'm going to make a suggestion because we're almost at the hour mark. I reckon we have this. We have this completely devoid of England, and we just do a, a pod, an England pod, Ooh, an yeah. England pod. Ooh, I yeah. would do that. Yeah, yeah. Just another exciting, another hour on England. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so yeah, let's talk France Australia. Another. Just I've got to say that the the stash at this World Cup is outstanding awesome. across the board. France awesome. is, is quite possibly the best of the lot. Yeah, yeah France, France, I think France is, is the best of the lot. Do you think France's was the best when it was the red and white on the arm that went all the way down the side? I think that might be the oh. best. My favorite. One of my favorite. Oh, I saw a the French team. Oh, in comms, I, I can't remember which, which one it was, but it was mag, it was magnificent. Which one was it though? There's one where they had the trickle oh, running all the way down the side. It was one with the with the redesigned yet old-fashioned cockerel. They went out the, the really large. Uh, oh, okay, the, I know the one. The, the, what the just the red, just the red yeah. cockerel. Oh God, it, it was nice. It is nice. I love the fact they're le, le cock sportif as well. So you got double, yeah. double cock. On the yeah, that's good. that is cool. The w- one thing I'm less certain about is the Al- massive Altrad brand. That won't be there for the World Cup. No, it's got to go, of course. Of course. It's got to go. Yeah, so yeah, it's great. And also, like, I, the, I, I like whatever combination France put together, and they put the all blue together against Australia. But I do like it when they have the trickle or colours. Yeah, I agreed. Blue, blue shirt, white, white socks, red socks. Yeah, white shorts. Red, yeah, it looks so, great. Let's start. They just with, always look great. They do look always look great. So let's start with one of my favourite players. Uh, I've got a big thing for big inside centres. Um, yeah, Jonathan Dancy is proving proving he is a proper international player. Yeah, I was thinking of Dancy the other day. I was thinking he is not as talented as France's other famous big centre. Bastero. He's just not. He's not as good a footballer. His lines aren't as good. Well, there's been Vakatawa in recent memory as well. Oh, he's 13, wasn't he? But yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's 13. And he was like a bit more, you know, 
well, Fijian, I'd guess. Mm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I was, look, I was just thinking about the two, and I thought, but Dante is kind of what Bastro could have been physically if he'd taken care of himself. If, yeah, because Jonathan Dante, he's not that tall. No, he's not. He's 5'11", but he's 110 kg. God, he's powerful. And Bastaro is probably an inch or two taller than that, but he was a good 15 kg heavier, yeah. but not... There was no there was no extra good weight on Bastaro. There was just all extra bad weight. Ba- yeah, Bastaro was like... Um, it was amazing Bastaro was as good as he was. Yeah, but he, he was. was so talented. Basically carrying like a 10 kg backpack around with More. Like his hands... More, definitely his more than 10 kg. Lines running, like everything he did was so underrated because he's such a big bloke. Yeah. I was like, oh yeah, he's, you know, he's just... Re- no, he wasn't. He was absolutely superb. What was the story? Was that, was that him at a World Cup when he fell over and hit a table? Oh, was oh, it World yeah. Cup or was it... I think it was. I think it was a tour to New Zealand. Well, he fell into a lift or something, didn't he? Something ridiculous. Well, he, did, 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 he did accused. He yeah, yeah. Didn't. I'll look this up. But in my head, he accused um, the generic New Zealand population of um, attacking him. But <laughs> it had happened that he, I think that I'm remembering this right. He'd basically just had one too many brandies in his room and fallen over. So I thought it was the other way around. I thought he was attacked, and to hide the fact that he'd gone out, he then said he fell on a table. I think it's the other way round. But I let's... think he fell over in his room, and that's what the actual story was. Interesting. But I, I'm curious to find out. But yeah, France look good. Um, players that have maybe not been quite at the level we remember. There's a lot of this going on actually. Peter Steftatoy is back towards the yep. The, uh, PSTD giving people PTSD again. Nice. But we uh, we've got like Marchand looks like Marchand again. Dante, like you say, looks. He was very good. Looks very powerful. Very good. And, uh, and no worries with Jalabert. He, he's all right. He's very good. Uh, now, I'd like to talk... Oh, about Phil, that. Phil's got the story. For I, I do story. have the story. Yeah. Bastaro had told police he was attacked from behind by five men outside, five. His, outside, <laughs> his, <laughs> outside his hotel early on Sunday morning, leaving with a, him with a serious eye injury requiring, requir- requiring stitches. Did they say, this is MAGA country? <laughs> <laughs> Jussie Bastero. <laughs> Love that. Matthew um, they, they're all They're all holding Subway sandwiches. <laughs> However, um, he reconsidered his position after um, the New Zealand police, Wellington police, said that there was no evidence to support Bastero's version of events, including all known CCTV footage from the Holiday Inn, which showed him entering the hotel without the injuries. Oh. He admitted overnight he had lied and had actually hit his head on a table in his hotel room after drinking too much following his team's Saturday night loss to the All Blacks. Why? Why? He was just... He didn't want to admit that he'd fallen over. Just admit he over. Yeah, but to... Because... Uh, to accuse five men of attacking you from behind is going to be it's a bit it makes it yeah. a big deal what happened to them yeah where were they are they dead exactly like someone's going to find them exactly. someone's going to find these five guys That's when sweet. a sports star is, is attacked so never mind he was a young man he was 2009 that was many many moons ago wow so just to talk about Jalabert for a second yeah yes please first half was good second half was sensational like when he decided to go forward and decided to start playing a bit that more, that break off the pond. Yeah, <sighs> yeah. That, I mean, I, I've always had a suspicion that Entomac plays 
for France because of his relationship with Dupont. And it's just yeah, yeah, so yeah. nice. And he's, I mean, he's class. He's absolutely class. And there's no two ways about it. But the suspicion, my suspicion was Jalabert might be the better all-round fly half. And I think with an extended run in the team, he's going to be very hard to dislodge. But there again, imagine a team with Jalabert and Entermack. Yeah, you could, you could do it. You're going to have to compromise somewhere, though, because well, you've got Entermack to get... Could play 15. Entermack was originally the compromise because he would move into... He's moved from 12 to 10. To 10. So he can go back, but then, of course, you don't have the dan- Dante, Dante and Because Dante and Fiku... Because what, what I loved so about bad. this French team, uh, particularly there are times in the second half where they exploited it brilliantly, particularly for Pinot's second try... The threat of Ficker and Dante and others, it's not just them, but Aldrit or Marchand or uh, Olivon running in the kind of midfield channels meant that Australia too frequently defended too tight, which meant that there was space for uh, Villiers or mm. Pernod out wide. And well, for the second... All those names Pernod you mentioned, tried, oh my God, there's just incredible oh, they've got players so everywhere. Much, they've oh, got so much talent. On Villiers... I mean, when I was watching him, I was thinking, do you know who this guy is? This is the guy who, who we are told... Um, what's, his, what's his name is? Oh, Colby? No, no. Exeter Chiefs. No, Jack Noll. Villiers was everywhere. I thought he was awesome. He just seems to get out the tightest of holes. His kick! Please tell me you saw his kick. It was absolutely magnificent. So he... Sort of dance it, he stops. Oh, yeah, where well, he's half tackled oh, yeah, yeah, and just yeah. pokes it through. Cheers. And, and no it, it grubbers, it was like the perfect kick as well. Yeah, so uh, then Fiku's chase, chasing that kick. That, he just got involved at scrum half. Um, there's a very funny passage actually in the Mer- in the uh, not Ben Mercer, is, it is Ben Mercer, isn't it? The guy that wrote the, the, wrote the book. That oh, was, okay. That describes how useless Villiers was as a scrum half. Like, oh, really? Yeah, he's got um, and apparently like enormous hands. Enormous feats, couldn't kick, couldn't pass. Had no idea what what to do with him, so they threw, threw him on the wing. Anyway, it worked out worked out really well. Uh, it's worked out okay. But yeah, he just is so busy, and I wonder if that is a product of having his position so under threat by Billier, whatever his name is, Biere, 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 what him, uh, and then Pernell is just he is one of those players that is a permanent world class. Just he, always he's so world-class, good, isn't he, he? And he, yeah. he does. He, he does everything as well. Who in that team would you describe as world class? Like, no. Well, t- you're easier to say who is not who world is not world class, world class in yeah, that team. Go through the team, possibly the so said prop. Well, at the minute because yeah, Cyril Bay is not there. Yeah, um, so Jean Baptiste Gross. He's Gros, good. He's good. He's solid. Marchand's world class. Uh, Flamont and Villemza, you, you might say they're not world class, but they're yeah, appro- they're approaching approach they, they wouldn't be if you were picking the the two world. 15s Etzebeth at plus one or the two you'd have oh yeah Whitelock Retaliate Etzebeth and then one other probably yeah Um, Uh, the guy who is absolutely world class is Ramos yeah so yeah Ramos Peno the the whole back line Dupont Dante Ficou five of the back line definite yeah Yeah. Uh, and Villiers and uh, and um, well and Jalibert Jalibert or Untermach yeah yeah not far off, oh, and like Untermach because of his achievements. I, I think, I think Untermach. I think he's a very, very good player. He's a, he's a solid player, who can do exceptional things. Have you seen Untermach versus Farrell in, in slow mo? I have you. No, oh, when out. he ran round him, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Like holding no, the him off, off, off. The handoff, yeah. the handoff, yeah. and the, the handoff and the offload. Yeah. Snarling Farrell, 
clawing at his eyes, probably. And uh, it's cool. He's like just offloads it. I think he's. I think he generally just plays like basically the straight man. Like he, he just give him pass, give him pass, kick, give him pass, give him pass. Like but once a game, he accelerates through a hole and scores. The the winning try in the top fourteen <laughs> final. There are very few, there's only a handful of tens in the world who could, would score that try. Pollard's not. Farrell, Ford are not scoring no. that try. Jonathan Sexton. Um, Marnie Libock might. Dan Bigger is not scoring that try. Even Finn Russell is not scoring that try. No. Libock, um, one of the New Zealand fly halves could score that. Barrett could. Barrett or Munger or D-Mac. Yeah. yeah, one of those guys could. But basically no one else in world rugby scores that try. And he does he does the, the straight man stuff well. And then he has that in his locker. Mm. You were about to go on and talk about some positives for Australia before we yeah. got, got sidelined with what something. What would you say they were? Scrummaging. Yeah, I'd say scrummaging. They won multiple. They won two back-to-back scrum penalties against that French team. When the French team was um, uh, Antonio with um, Paul Vermeer behind him, um, they did put at times some pressure on Australia when they got and it only happened a few times but the the first try with like the double miss pass to feed uh, Nawaka Nitawasi Marky Mark Nawanga Nitawasi yes uh, that was lovely and but that happened because and this was a very Sean Edwards defence thing Pano jammed in to try and shut that, shut them down. Pano was um, defending outside thirteen, so the next man mm. outside thirteen, and he led the line speed to try and shut the door, which is a classic old wasps under Sean Edwards, an old Wales move. And as soon as Australia got round that, it created a running. It was it had to be excellent tries, and it was so very good thing for Australia point of view. Um, I thought Vuni Valu. Was great, he yeah, was and he hasn't been great. been great. He has he's, not been great. He's not been awful, but his kick chase was really good. Mm. And uh, admittedly, he got a yellow card, which was right, um, but could have been one of about five Australian players. He took his try well as well. I thought I didn't think he was great, but I thought he was sort of five percent off it. Like he was just knit that one break off. Or that so one that's, about 80, that's about eighty percent closer. Than yeah, yeah. To where I he thought you would be from loved, where he was because his kick chase was. Oh, you're absolutely right. If you're not kick chasing, you're not a winger to me. Yeah, like, just don't even bother showing up. It's, so there was, there was some positives there. Now it, it wasn't all positives, and their line out at times. Oh well, God, Gordon would be a very, a very big problem for them. Kicking in the first half, particularly where. He left eight points out there. Mm-hmm. Could have been 13-16 at half-time. The line-out at times was... Cause well, it, both line-outs, to be fair. So I don't know yeah, if you know, so Marchant was throwing in a French few, vernacular some pizzas. He, he was throwing a few pizzas. And also, the, he wasn't th- hitting his... wasn't not hitting his jumpers. The jumpers weren't even going up. I don't know if you noticed, like, two or three line-outs in a row. He kept on saying, I can't hear you, because the crowd is so... Yeah, so, I did notice that. Um, and that's... The crowd is only going to get louder. Yeah, I, I think deal with it. Like uh, you, 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 you know, the crowd's going to be loud. Why have you not prepared for this? Yeah, yeah. And no you sympathy. saw who was what game was it? There was a game where the scrum half was relaying the message. It might have been this game. The scrum half was relaying the message to the hooker. Yeah. For the lineouts instead of the jumper to allow the jumpers to get set up and so the message. Also, if you're France, I'm going to go. I'm going to stick my neck out here and say, 
I bet you can disguise your line-out calls, even if they're explicit, <laughs> fairly well, because you're French. Yeah. So just shout them. Yeah, yeah. Second jumper. As if they're going to know. <laughs> Maybe they do, but I doubt it. They were worried about um, Luke Pearce. Yeah, exactly. Because oh. he'll be communicating to the England camp. How many journalists were saying, isn't it brilliant? Isn't it brilliant that Luke Pearce said a few words in French? Like, all you need to do to get the adulation of the English press is say one or two words in French, and they think you are... Uh, no, it's just different gravy. He did... He d- he did quite a bit in French, but my favourite was "advantage terminé." <laughs> <laughs> oh right, thanks. <laughs> so advantage over. <laughs> like it. They'll, they'll get it. <laughs> okay. oh. But yeah, two two. I I think this is two two of the teams who are now they're at different stages, but they are both building into the World Cup. Not not all teams are building well into the World Cup. England, no. Wales, no. Um, all Blacks based on this week no but I think Australia and they're a very young team do you know who was the most capped player in that that Australian 23 Um, hmm yeah Bell nope what of course it is Uh, would it be would it be it's not Arnold Skelton it's not even the other Arnold wouldn't have been okay uh, no it wasn't Marika and uh, no Corey Batty wasn't there he wasn't Huh. Uh, uh, the other prop. he has been around for a couple of years. It's not like him, is Parecki's it? he has been around for a while. With uh, with forty eight caps after that that game. Oh, okay. Taniela Tupo. Wow. So yeah. Wow. That is. I was surprised, but then you look at the team and you're like, God, these guys like Blake Shoop, Matt Faisler. Yeah. Zane Nongor. Yeah, you, you, if you want Matt some analysis, Phillip. JB, I'll, I'll do some great analysis on these boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah good, good boys. Love their rugby. Um, good, Aus, good Aussie lads. Honest lads, aren't they? Honest, 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 honest lads. Hard yeah, hardworking. Uh, I've got to say, I actually really respect this approach by Eddie Jones. I mean, maybe it's because you know, with England, he had his set, settled team and. You know, he had to you know, stick with his guns because those are the guys he selected all, well, all he, time ago. He churned but, uh, the Eddie Jones story in England. He churned through a shed load of players, but in the training squads, yeah. training yeah. squads. there's not as many of them. Some did, yeah. some got 27 minutes, and then we never saw them again. But there's so many brought into the training squads. Yeah, I well, oh God, I think it was I think it was over 150 players in the training squad. In the early days of Eddie Jones, like the very early days, he did change it up a lot. So I really like this Australia team. The fact that they have changed and they have left Cooper at home, they have left Quaid Cooper Cooper home. I love that. I absolutely love it. And handed it over to new lads because what he's not going to win it with, with those guys. You know, he's just not. So yeah, why not give this, it someone else? This is this is such a young team that it, it him and I'll believe me later. Four years time, they'll he's, be they'll be more interesting if they don't fire Eddie Jones. They are. 0 and five under Eddie Jones's reign, but they are. Yet it feels more. It's more positive, positive than, than that. What? Which room? I don't know. I mean, I'm pretty negative on them. I mean, I on think, Australia. Yeah, look, they're young, and I appreciate that approach. But so far, I'm not sure. Would I? No, well, actually, no. I am going to go with you because it is a young team, isn't it? It's not as if he's trashed a proven team. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. he's ripped apart a team that, for whatever reason, wasn't working and wasn't right, and therefore. You you are in this position now. I, I think yeah. I think Australia will get out of their group. I think they'll top their group with this very young team. I think they may well get to a semi final. Yeah, I, th- I I tend to agree. If they top their group, they're most likely playing Argentina. Uh, sorry, most likely playing England or Samoa. 
and they'll beat that. they'll beat one of those two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As long as they avoid Argentina, they'll be in a semi final. And then even when they get Argentina, they've got a shot. Argentina would be favourites mm. in my mind, but they've got a shot. Well, wow. yeah. So I guess the point here is they can only get better. Yeah, they, it's they can only get better. This this, the, this was not a bad performance. They've, if they kick those points and they they manage to stop one of those miraculous tries, this is not a bad result. If they, yeah. it, it could this could have ended up. It looked 30, like a beatdown. It could have ended up thirty thirty five. So England, and it didn't, and that should should note that. But so, so England, they more closely resemble a different team who failed miserably at a World Cup. But I'll tell you about that next um, oh, next podcast. What a, what a tease. Ooh, what I'm a hint. wondering what that might be. Um, right, yes, so you may have listened to the England one already. If you haven't, go and listen to that in the feed. Otherwise, thank you very much for listening. Uh, hit your emails, get your emails in at contacteggchasers at gmail.com and get more content at patreon.com slash eggchasers which helps us keep the lights on, keep this show on the road as we have been doing for very nearly a couple we're about a week and a half shy of 10, ten years. years let the boys play hey it's danny pellegrino from everything iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget check out quince they've got all the good stuff shirts and polos activewear and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands and the best part They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.